Hello, Taylor, not Joe. Hello, Mike, <laughs> not Taffy or Rodan. <laughs> and hello to everybody listening. My name is Mike. That is not Joe. It's uh, Taylor the Latte Boy from the award-winning podcast, Pot is My Co-Pilot. And we've been friends. How long have we been friends? We've been You friend- figure that out. Uh, over five years. Definitely over five years. Okay. We've been friends over five years. And each week we call one another and catch up. This is the first time we're putting it out, though. Yes, we do, Mike Lawson. Yes, we do. Every 23 months we call each other and we catch up. <laughs> um, so uh, Taylor is sitting in for Joe. Joe's, like, incredibly busy. Um, and I have no idea what he's up to. Uh, he hasn't actually – I think he has friends in town. But aside from that, that's all I know. Yeah, he posted a picture at Disneyland, I think, day before yesterday with two really kind of really cute guys, which means they're probably cousins of his or something. But I was just like, oh, well, hello. Well, if he's hanging out with them and he's interested, I'm going to guess that they were 19 to 23. That right would in there somewhere. Y- you would be correct in that. They were definitely of the younger variety. He's got a type. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they, they, they may still get 20% off coupons for the children's place for clothing. That may be, that may be a, a thing. And they still fit in them. Too. Yeah, that's, that's what I meant. <laughs> um, so uh, Taylor's sitting in for us. If you don't know Taylor and you're just a catching up listener, you're really missing out. Taylor is one of three hosts of a podcast called Pod is My Co-Pilot, which can be found on iTunes. And your website is Pod is My... This always trips me up. Pod is My Co-Pilot.com? Yeah. Is that... Okay. But it was... For a while, it was like, oh, no, you didn't, Doc blog spot or something right what was it? it no it was oh no you didn't dot you know au dot clown fart dot you know blogspot.com no we were originally when we were trying to come up with a name we were uh going to be okay so because a lot of our stories started with okay so that was how we we talked a lot yeah. of times and uh i think i had okay so podcast dot blogspot.com this is going back over t- probably 10 years ago and sure. there was another podcaster who had a show called okay so radio and i want to say his name was matt well for the sake of the story we'll say his name was matt walsh okay and we had announced that we were this we were getting ready to do our first episode and all this kind of stuff and we get this really nasty like cease and desist letter from matt walsh saying that it's going to confuse his listeners if we create a podcast called you know okay so so we weren't allowed to do it and he was claiming names on he was claiming you know dibs on the name so i decided we were going to call the show the matt walsh show <laughs> <laughs> And announced that <laughs> and got a second email. And I just at that point, I was like, if I really wanted to be a dick, we would have we would have been called the Matt Walsh show, which actually, when you sure. think about it, would be kind of funny. But uh, we we to just, also like be as far into it as you are now. You guys have done. I mean, how many episodes like we, pushing a thousand, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, we're not some of our, our uh, other Pride 48 members. Um, we're not we're not we're not big or fatty. So, well, I might, I might be one of those, but, um, 
No, we're, we just uh, <laughs> recorded episode 405. Uh, Rodan and yeah. I did. Taffy is out of town right now. She's in Ohio. so With uh, like deer in her yard. I just saw that. Yes. Okay. And she sent, she loves the Snapchat, which yeah. I, I have mixed I, feelings. I have. Well, no, I, I kind of hate it. I kind of hate okay. Snapchat, but. Um, and actually, last night, I went so far as to delete my Snapchat for about 15 seconds off of my phone. Um, <laughs> but Not that committed to it, just yeah, well, really and, angry for and, a few minutes. Well, and honestly, because, okay, because she does this thing, and I've talked about this on my show, where we'll be sitting someplace, we'll be sitting out to eat someplace, and, and she's Snapchat is definitely her... Um, you know, like that that episode of Intervention where the it's like I'm walking on sunshine, where the girl would sniff the um, air cleaners. <laughs> that is, a, if if the Snapchat ding goes off and it's one of her daughters, she immediately picks it up. Doesn't matter where or when. She she looks at it and then yeah. she does the where we could be sitting there like having a conversation and she's doing the uh huh uh huh taking the weird selfie where she's doing like the weird duck lips and all that. And it, it, I always say it's. It's eyes, lips, and tits, because the way that she holds the camera, she's got these big boobs that just are always in the picture. <laughs> so we could be sitting someplace, and she's like, I want to take a picture of you. I want to take a picture of you and Babalu. Babalu is my partner, for those of you guys who don't know. And I, you know, I want to do it on Snapchat. So I'm like, okay, fine. Now, you can save pictures from Snapchat. So when I say to her, when she's done, she'll show me the picture. I'll go, that's a really nice picture. Send it to me. She Snapchats it to me. Now, you can't save Snapchat <laughs> pictures. I'm like, no. save Not easily, right? Right. So last night, we she was sending her and Babalu. That is their primary way of communicating. As they as they send each other Snapchats and they and they do all the weird face things where they turn into. They love the ones where they turn into deer and then they yell "Yeah, motherfucker" at each other, but with the deer voice and the big doe eyes. And it's they're they're simple folk. And if that <laughs> if that keeps them occupied, then whatever. So last night he was posting pictures and we were in the office and our desks sit next to each other. So he kind of leans back and says, get in the picture. So I leaned back, took the picture and he showed it to me. And I said to him, that's, that's a good picture. You should send that to me. So he says, okay, fine. And like three seconds later, it says Snapchat from Babalu. And I'm like, you Snapchatted it to me? And he said, yes. And I said, no, I wanted the actual picture. So he goes, oh, and I said, well, just send me the saved copy of it. And he would look, he got panicked. He's like, I, I didn't save the picture. <laughs> so I did the whole like, okay, whatever, whatever. And I genuinely wasn't mad about it, but it was one of these where I guess I was just kind of disgusted by the whole thing. So yeah. he immediately like jumps up and I hear him from the other room doing the whole, I don't know. He says, don't save the picture. Okay. 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 No, save the, so you, you send it, you send it. So he like comes back in the room and sits down like, and I'm just like, I'm just going to act like nothing's happening, even though I don't yeah. care. And then magically the picture shows up being sent to me from Taffy, like where she screen captured. The, oh. And she, she was like, that's from Taffy. I wanted to make sure you got the picture. I'm like, I really don't. You invested way too much energy in something. I don't care that but much But he about. loves you so much. I that's know. And that's one, one of the thing things that's that, very apparent. Yes. So, so then he walked out and I was so annoyed with it that I just deleted it and then got thinking, I'm like, I have a little sister that's 14, and that's the only way she will communicate with me. So, yeah. And when she gets angry, she deletes stuff for 15 minutes as well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yes, because we have long established, yes, I am a 14-year-old girl with a master's degree. We have, a, we have long established that on my show. So, Real quick, also, speaking of all this social media stuff and your show, mm -hmm. I just saw on Facebook not too long ago, your co-host Rodan is doing, what did the, he call like, 
putting booze in bottles, cruise booze swap or something? Is this a thing? <laughs> Explain it to me because you're a cruise person, not like uh, George Michael in a public park cruise, but like... You don't know. I mean, no. That's, true. That's... <laughs> so on a cruise ship, can you bring booze? Well, the best way to describe it is our dad is a notorious alcoholic. No, um, pretty much he's not really. He's not really. Um, yeah, he... It used to be on Disney Cruise Lines that you were allowed to bring a certain amount of booze with you onto the ship. Okay. And I think a lot of cruises still allow you to bring like beer and wine, but they you are allowed to bring like, you know, a bottle of vodka and all that kind of stuff and have it in your room rather than pay for it at the bar. You could go back to your room, drink a little bit and then go, you know, do whatever. Sure. And Rod- Rodan's. OK, I've cruised with Rodan before. And Rodan's bar tab at the end of the cruise is fascinating because okay. it's one of these where I, I do the high low bet and I always bet low. Like and I could say something like six thousand dollars and I'd still be low. Not really, but it's it's ridiculous. It's but, a lot. Right. So they booked this cruise a while ago. And then not long after they booked the cruise, Disney Cruise Line changed the policy. You, you are not allowed to bring a lot of booze on the ship, except for I think you're allowed to bring like one bottle of wine and like, you know, a can of beer. It's some like ridiculously sure. low amount of thing. So they sell apparently various accoutrements of where you can hide your booze in like, you know, a Listerine oh. bottle. And it's something where it uh, looks like yeah. it's that teal color, but actually it's vodka. I, I don't yeah. quite understand it, but I've seen these guys on um, Vanderpump rules. Do you ever watch that? I don't. It's awful. But yeah. <laughs> in one of the episodes. <laughs> what, what you all don't know right now is Mike could actually see my face on the webcam, <laughs> which is why he quickly <laughs> said he's never seen the show, but is about to explain to me something that's happened on the show. They uh, go to the public beaches and they have um, tampons that <laughs> basically a tampon and it unscrews and it contains a shot. So they have like just shots that they're doing. But if their bags get searched, it just looks like they have tampons in there. So I get it, um, and I guess that makes sense. That's what he's doing. He's getting ready for the cruise. Yes, but the fact that he's prepping this like four days in advance kind of makes me think that his life is a little sadder than I already thought. (laughs) Maybe he just wants to make sure it works before, you know what I mean? You don't want to scramble at the last minute if he needs to start soaking socks in vodka. I and guess then putting him in ziplocs, soaking socks. That's <laughs> that. That I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be. <laughs> hey, surprise me. Hey, t- tell me. Um, what's going on with you? Usually, Joe and I kind of just do a story or two back and forth. Do you got anything going on with you that you'd want to share with me? Well, uh, the one thing that I just did a show with Rodan the other night and I like kind of used up, I blew my load as far as a lot of my stories, but I can tell, like I I can tell one story that I didn't get a chance to on my show. That sounds horrible. That sounds like you're getting sloppy seconds and I don't mean that the way it sounds, but we did something. Won't be any worse than a Joe story. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding, Joe. Um, well, okay. We did something, Babalu and I did something this week that we never do. And it's something that because you live in San Francisco and I assume your entire life is like an episode of looking that you probably do all the time. <laughs> I'm it really serious. Isn't. When I watch that show, I picture you. I picture your life. So Not even close. I know it's not even close, but still, it's just something that I, I like to imagine you in all the places where he, he, he goes and, and the, the fun stuff that he does and all that kind of thing. Um, we did a drag brunch. 
Oh, fun. So, and by that, I mean, we walked in on a drag brunch. <laughs> we, <laughs> we have, um, we have hamburger Mary's that one just opened about 10 minutes from my house. Mm-hmm. And it's actually pretty cool that we have one. There, the closest one for a long time was in Fort Lauderdale, and then they opened one over in Tampa in a place called Ebor City. And uh, there's been an old Hooters that they have tried to put stuff in for the longest time, <laughs> and eventually its sign came up saying like Hamburger Mary's, and I was like, "You've got to be kidding me! You cannot get a seat in this place. It is amazing how packed this place is." Which, it's basically a metaphor for the relationship I had with my mom. She's like, Hooters, Hooters, Hooters. And then finally she's like, okay, Hamburger Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fine, fine. <laughs> so um, Bob Lou and I, we, we drove past it at one point. We were looking for a place to eat for lunch. And and I said, I actually see parking spaces in there. So if you want to go, because we've tried to go in a couple of times and you can't get a parking spot and it's parking up and down the street. And I don't do well with crowds. And I just sure. like, you know, whatever. I'm the same way. If I like even see a line, I'm like, ugh. yeah. Yeah, it's just one of these where I, and that's why parking for me, like going some of these places, like I just mentioned, Ebor City and all that kind of stuff. It's one of those places that I, I could have had a much more of a social life in my 30s if it wasn't for the fact that I didn't want to wait for parking spots. <laughs> so <laughs> sure. I so I chose to watch every episode of Barefoot Contessa through my 30s because that I could do that instead of, you right. know, actually go out and have a life. So... But you can quote any Mary Tyler Moore episode. Absolutely. So. <laughs> absolutely. And that will get me further in my 70s when we're talking about the shows. But um, so we pull in and immediately like Tony Braxton is blaring outside of Hamburger Mary's, which I and you know, you go into you go to some of these chain restaurants and they have music playing outside. I yeah. was just thinking, that's incredibly loud. And I said it to Babalu as we opened the door and are greeted by this like seven foot tall African-American curvy drag queen that's all just like lip syncing he wasn't man enough in our face. <laughs> so we both kind of like looked at each other because I'm like, it's 1130 in the fucking morning. What the hell did we right. walk in? And <laughs> this, this, you know, baby dyke lesbian that comes here, she's like, hi, welcome to Hamburger Mary. She goes, you know, what's your name? So I said, Taylor. And she's like, okay, I don't have you down for a reservation. Uh And I said, I need a reservation to eat at Hamburger Mary's. And she's like, you do for the Sunday brunch. So this place is packed out. There is not a there is not a table inside to to be seen. Oh, but because they do reservations, there's not a line out the door. Right. Which means you have parking. I get it. Yeah. So I, I sort of said, okay. And she goes, we have a couple of seats at the bar, but I can tell you that they're not together. So you guys wouldn't be able to sit together. So I'm like, I really. Perfect. Sounds great. Yeah. I, so, so, all right, to review, I'm going to have my back to the show and I get to pay $12 for a hamburger and not share it with my partner. Yeah. Where right. do I sign up for this? So Babalu, they have a huge patio and there was like one family that was sitting out there. And he was like, well, can we just sit out there? And she's like, well, I guess so. Like, you know, why wouldn't you want to sit by yourself and eat a $12 hamburger with your back to a drag queen singing he wasn't man enough? So we, we sat out there and they had like big screen TVs and and we could just watch the show from where we were sitting. The problem is, are you familiar with the song He Wasn't Man Enough by Tony Braxton? Sing me a bit of it. No. <laughs> <laughs> No, I don't. It doesn't ring a bell, but if if you heard it or if you looked it up on YouTube, you would immediately know what the song is. Him, 
Yeah, and it's very repetitive. And okay. she decided to do it twice. So at one <laughs> back to back, back to back, where apparently oh she, she it took her a while to get around and, and you know earn those dollar bills. Sure. So they just decided <laughs> to keep playing it. And at one point, my partner, who is like the most gentle kind person throws his head back and goes oh my god turn the fucking (laughs) so so we get to you know we have our we have our waiter anthony who's very cute and we're we're some sort of hispanic slash italian sort of that's we're we're, we're olive skinned dark hair very much you know we're we're young we're probably Mm -hmm. like 24 25 but we are also we've either kissed a drag queen with orange lipstick or we were wearing some and then wiped it off. But we look like, you know, when an eight year old eats SpaghettiOs and has like the creases in his lap. And it was this bright orange. And we're clearly wearing foundation that is, in fact, covering a black eye. Oh, no. So. He's got he's got some stuff going on. I'm just thinking to myself, oh, OK, here is my card. I'm a therapist. Please come by and see me so we can talk out whatever whatever you're going through right now. You've pretty much guaranteed you're getting an extra five percent tip. And right. let's talk about what we can do to help you out. So he was, and he was very, very sweet, and he was he was really, really funny and everything. But what he would do is, as each of the songs would come out, so as each of the drag queens would come out and do their performance, as he was bringing us stuff, that whatever line was the line of the song, he would pretty much kick open the door to the patio and lip sync it while holding sweet potato fries and you know fried <laughs> mac and cheese balls, and come walking over to us. And so you did get a show. Oh yeah, we did get a show, and at one point they did a song from. Um, there was a movie called Fifty Four back in the nineties. Do you remember that? It was all about Studio Fifty Four, yeah. and Mike Myers yeah. played the the owner of it, and it was sure. and like Ryan Phillippe was in it, and then nobody ever heard from him again. But that, and there was a remake of a song called If You Could Read My Mind, and there were three singers at the time. There was I think it was Ultra Nate, Amber, and somebody else. Uh, this is like okay. This is my. I was. I was. I was Anthony when this song came out, except without the black eye and the orange lipstick. So right. I remember the song. Well, three of the drag queens all come out kind of like a girl group, and the song. I'm very familiar with the song. Rodan and I used to dance to this song all the time, especially the Hex Hector remix that was like nine minutes long. I used to work out to it all the time. I know this song, and I know, and I've seen the video, and I know that it, it's pretty much the equivalent of if you had Katy Perry, Lady Gaga, and Miley Cyrus and not that they're that they were that famous but that they would do a song together you would expect each of them to take a lyric right uh-huh okay I'm investing way too much into this story it's really not that big of a deal so that should have been the name of your podcast what <laughs> I'm investing way too much into this story. <laughs> I've invested way too much into this story starring Matt's Matt Matt Walsh um so so he so the three of them come out and the one does the first lyric and I'm expecting at this point because there's the the one very Amazonian drag queen there's the the big girl drag queen and then there's the skinny cracked out drag queen that there's there's like you know definitely three there's a dichotomy here a trichotomy whatever you call it so sure. the Amazonian one sings the part they all do the lyric they all do the dance move together wearing the kind of matching light blue dresses and then the the first one keeps singing now the voice is clearly changed of the three 
So I go into this whole, why isn't she letting the other one sing? If I was directing this, the other one, they would have switched, switched it around and done this whole thing. Where Babalu is just looking at me. And he says at one point, he goes, you really want to be a drag queen, don't you? I'm like, yes, every day of my life. I would love to be a drag queen. I just why don't, don't you do it? Well, I the beard would be a little much, I think. <laughs> no, but we have a we have a mutual friend, Waylon, or his his partner Brad. I don't I actually don't know the difference because I forget. But yeah. I see them both on Facebook, and I like I, their names are almost interchangeable in my head. But one of them does drag, and he keeps his beard. They well, yeah. I mean, he, he's he's a ukulele. That's his name, and he's actually created this whole like drag review or something. I'm really I'm really proud of him. I think it's amazing. For somebody that just kind of sort of dipped a toe in it a couple years ago, he's come yeah. a long way. I don't quite understand that aesthetic of drag where we're, sure. we we where we wear the big glamorous with the wigs and the hair and everything, but then we've got the big hairy chest and the beard. I mean, they're all illusions anyway, right? And we're just yeah. kind of, you know, it's I don't necessarily enjoy like the Trixie kimchi sort of makeup look mm-hmm. but I can respect that it it's a look and like it's you know what I mean they're making choices yeah and and I and <laughs> choices um right. I I appreciate more one thing that drag race has taught me it's more to appreciate the different styles of drag and I'm not trying to I'm not trying to throw shade at you Yuka, miss ukulele or anything right. that's just right, not right. something that I I'm not necessarily drawn to that. I get, sure. I get that, the, I get that it's a form of expression, and I love that it's a form of expression. It's just not, it's just not my jam. To me, I like when he's wearing like a 1950 sort of look. Like I don't, something about it looks like a really glamorous bearded lady, right? Like yeah, circusy almost, and I don't know. I enjoy it. Yeah, it's it's just it's just not my cup of tea. That being said, I I love that he does it. it so sure. so if I was going to do drag. I well, first of all, if I was going to do drag, I would want to be super fishy, and I would want to be able to do the backflips and the splits and and all that crazy <laughs> stuff. But me at my cert, at my current weight, it would just be like something off of Jerry Springer. I have I, seen Latrice Roy- Latrice Royale is about double your size, and I've just seen him double. Do- thanks, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I would say I've seen him do you know some crazy acrobatic stuff. It's uh, possible. Oh, I, I know it's possible. <laughs> I just, I'm not that limber. I'm not yeah. that bendy. But uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. Who, it's just who is like your favorite drag superstar? Uh, like, think about it. Because so, if you don't know, Joe talks often about this RuPaul's Drag Race recap show that he does, mm-hmm. and Taylor is one of the three hosts of that show as well. So mm-hmm. him and Joe both have they are each other's mistresses so to speak because they have their bread and butter podcast and then they do this recap show when rupaul's happening it kind of feels to me when when i get joe that you and i have stopped at a mcdonald's on the interstate and you're just (laughs) dropping him off like you know where where we take turns buying him the small cheeseburger and the the small french fry and we have we have awkward conversation in the converse and you know about who's getting him for christmas and then he eventually gets in my car and then i have to bring him back that's what it always kind of feels like to me and when I pick him up, I always make sure I have, like, a new Nerf gun or something. Mm-hmm. So he's happy to come back because I know he hates it at my place so much. And we've stopped at Dairy Queen and I've loaded him up on sugar. So that way you you have a hard time getting him to sleep that night. Absolutely. That's, that's it. But, okay. um, um, so, so favorite? who would be your favorite? Like, what is it about a drag a drag um, performer that you enjoy? I, I love the – they have to be – 
the illusion has to be there where you almost sort of have to forget that they are actually men. That okay. is definitely something that I like. I love a sense of, I love a smart sense of humor because there are lots of dumb drag queens out there. But sure. somebody like Katya, um, somebody like Manila Luzon from her yeah. season, that's yeah, somebody yeah. that I, I, and, and somebody that, I, that, that aesthetic of that, because there are times that Manila Luzon, when she really, there are times that you forget that is a man. That, 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 right. she, she definitely. So, I don't get the whole clown thing that seems to be going on a lot. Like Trixie, sure. Ma- Trixie Mattel to me is very funny, but I can't get past the where we've become a caricature of a caricature of a caricature as far as the way that yeah. we do makeup. It's it's just not a thing for me. That being said, listening to her talk and watching her YouTube videos with Katya, we sit and we laugh watching them on uh, on YouTube. But just huh. when they do close ups of her face and everything, it's just it's a little distracting it takes it takes away from it which is an odd thing to do because she's really trying to promote it and i what are your thoughts on this isn't uh by the way everyone listening a rupaul drag race recap i'm just curious because i have you here Mm -hmm. uh what are your thoughts on this alaska because i mean just think of like alaska and snatch game this last season phenomenal yeah but then i feel like she just lost a bunch of us towards the end of it right yeah that we we talked a bit about at length on our show for hours yeah. on our show um but i think that she probably did some damage to her brand and and sure, that's one of sure. the things that i don't necessarily like about the show anymore is it's become very much where they know what to expect if you watch the first even the first three or four seasons right. it, it was still so it was this little boutique show that there was only a handful of us that watched and they, they didn't go into it thinking, well, this is going to make me even if even if I get taken out like sixth or seventh out of the competition, I'm still going to be a big name. Right. Because a lot right. of a lot of times with these shows, these reality shows, you, you kind of forget about them after they were they were gone. Right. And so so now when I think that's one of the things I liked about All Stars this season was them switching it up with the voting and that they had to they kind of kept them on their toes a little bit. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that. But with season nine coming up next year, I have a feeling that unless there is another major twist to it, it's going to be very much where they all kind of just expect, well, you know what I got on the show. So at this point I can, I can book what book wherever I want to work right. as far as different. So the first, jobs. the first queen that gets eliminated is still doing pretty good for herself once she's off the show. Right? Yeah. And, and I think that it get you get diminished returns the early, the earlier you right. get eliminated, but even still a couple of seasons ago, you know, one of them, Magnolia Crawford, she was the second one to go. And she even said, she goes, I don't, she said on the, like the other show they do called Untucked, I don't care how far I get. I honestly, I just came on the show for the publicity. Yeah. You know, to huh. admit something like that is gross. Right. But, you know. <laughs> it's too real for reality it's TV. T- yes, yes, it's too real. <laughs> You're right though, like these shows, so I'm a huge Big Brother fan. Mm-hmm. And, it's not the same where like people are necessarily seeking fame. I'm, I'm, there's certainly that that's and that's going on, but I, there's something, some sort of magic that's lost because people just sort of understand the game so much better. Yeah. And something about Big Brother that was great in the beginning or the early years was like just the total unexpectedness of being in this weird situation where now 
when you're watching Big Brother, they're like, I think it'll probably be a memory competition next or a physical. Like they understand the patterns and like it's a you know it's not really just a crazy look into people doing stupid stuff anymore. Yeah, we watched the uh, first Rodan and I watched the first season of Big Brother, and it was it, it was fun to watch just because it was so different. Yeah. Um, and I, I tried to get on. A, we okay. We had a um, local morning radio show back in the '90s when the first season of Big Brother came on. That they did a Big Brother in an old mall, where they were going to have like ten people live in an abandoned store for uh-huh. a certain amount of time. And you got something like a trip to London and five thousand dollars. And I remember the hot a hot tub was part of it. They had all these different sponsors, <laughs> and they said. We want people to call in and say, why should you be on the show? And I called it. What were the hell are their names? Doesn't matter. Um, and Mark, Car- Mark Walsh. <laughs> Mark Walsh. And yeah. And uh, Rodan. Um, no, it was Car- uh, Carmen and Chris. They were they were they were the people. Again, doesn't matter. No one cares. It was 20 years ago. But when <laughs> I got through and they said, OK, Taylor, why should you be on the show? And all I said is because each of these shows needs a token gay to which they both were hysterical. They're like, you're in. You're in. You don't have you. You make it to the final round. And I was super excited, and I had just taken a week off from work, and I called in that morning and was all, I did so I did it a couple days, and my boss said no, I wasn't allowed to do it. He's like, he's like, you you you've been off for a week already because I need you back here at work. I was a case manager at the time, and I was so pissed. Your life could have changed at that moment. I could have gone to London on Star ninety five point seven's dime. Hey, Taylor, uh, well, your name is on this list, so you'll understand. So I'm not explaining it to you necessarily, but since this is a podcast, I have to pretend like I am. So, hey, Taylor, <laughs> have you heard of the Big Blue Test? I have heard of the Big Blue <laughs> I mean, no, I haven't heard of the Big Blue Test. So in past episodes, we've talked about how we're doing this catching up Big Blue Test contest. And I have – I'm not necessarily caught up on make, doing the whole tally, but um, this is pretty close. At this moment – Catching up listeners have raised over six hundred and twenty-four dollars. That's awesome. Tests, right? Yeah. Um, so there's a bunch of you on this list. Luke Miller, friend of uh, t- well, friend of mine, but also mm-hmm. friend of Taylor. <laughs> um, James Major, Larry Flick, Kelly West, Alexis Wall is a friend of mine who I haven't talked to in probably close to ten years. That I had no idea listens to catching up. That's awesome. No idea at all. But she must because she logged a big blue test at Catching Up. Um, she logged a big blue test at cupodcast.com slash catching up, which is a special place where Catching Up listeners can log their tests. We got so many people. Taylor, you've done three so far. Mm-hmm. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, you will never believe who's at th- uh, how many big blue tests the top tester has done. You will never believe it's Gus Chad, who you're familiar with. Yes. Um, he's a podcast listener, mutual podcast listener to our two shows. And official and, artist in residence for the Pride 48 network. I'm calling right? that because he always makes the cool <laughs> ornaments for everybody and sends everybody cards with that he paints. Yeah. In fact, a couple of years ago on this show, we talked about the ornament that was being auctioned off, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, so how many do you think Gus Chad has done? Give me just shot in the dark. 25. Gus Chad has done 85 big blue tests. 85. It's only he's been going a, on like two weeks. He's a dog walker. I, so I, he does like three or four a day. That's, <laughs> but that's the great thing. Every time you do a big blue test, all you have to do is get active for 14 to 20 minutes. Go to cupodcast.com slash 
big blue test, answer a couple real fast questions. And then each time you do that, $3 is donated charity. It doesn't cost you anything, but charities get this, this money. So thank you for doing it, Taylor. That was really nice of you. Absolutely. Easy, right? Yeah. You've talked about this for years and every year I say I'm going to do it because I am diabetic too. And I never do because I wasn't taking good care of myself. That's how I almost died in April. And um, I decided this was the year that I was going to do it. And I've been meaning to do it more. Just this week, I've been really, I haven't been been getting to the gym. But Do it. I know. I I need to. I definitely need to. When I see your uh, gym selfies that you take on Facebook, I will make sure that I comment and say, did you log this? Did I? Oh, yes. No, I will <laughs> okay. definitely. See, the, the only problem with that is that I usually stop at the gym on my way home from work. Like I go immediately to the gym. So I don't test until I get home. Oh, sure. So well, you can log it without glucose. So if you just te- or skip the test. Oh, really? You just do the physical activity. Say oh, you don't have well, diabetes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, then I will. I, can I backlog? Yeah. Oh, fuck that. Then I will do that as soon as we are done. (laughs) Yeah. Take that, Gus Chad. (laughs) And the winner will receive a catching up with catching up call uh, if you want it. Basically, Joe and Mike will call you or call a person of your choice and catch up with you off the air. It won't be recorded and you'll have no proof that it ever happened. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Cool. Well, what else? Uh, Do you have I have a news story I wanted to tell you about. I have a new story as well, but you haven't said anything that's going on with you other than Big Blue Test. Is that true? Yes. I've been talking about drag queens for 35 (laughs) minutes. Mike, what's going on with you? Um, Not too much. I mean, let me think. Um, I did put on my notes. I wanted to tell you guys we might have a lost episode of Catching Up Uh, because Joe is so busy. We did record an episode last week. And it was a it was a bizarre episode. I had this like appointment that immediately followed it, and we were having some technical crap. So it's a weird episode. Joe hasn't edited it yet, and he, if he doesn't, and this one's edited together, I'm just putting this one up. So there might be an episode in between that just never sees the light of day. Well, he's busy writing. It's a twink world right now over at Disneyland, yeah. <laughs> so you might not get that. I hope to God they're not cousins. Please don't be cousins. <laughs> uh, uh, I don't think they are. I, I think one of them is Sweet Michael. Have you heard him talk about Sweet Michael, he calls yeah. it? Yeah. I think Sweet Michael is one of them. Okay. Um. So that is one thing is this loss episode might exist. I also, and you're a therapist and I don't want you to put on therapist hat, just wear friend hat for a little bit. Okay. So, but please give me uh, professional advice too. I, um, ha- so a couple weeks ago we talked about how I've kind of been going through some depression stuff and you at the time sent a really nice text. It was actually funny because Joe said, oh, here comes Taylor with his text message. Yes. And then you did send me a text, but you well, were like. What happened What happened was I was sitting at a red light driving up to our office in Clearwater, and you started talking about depression. And I immediately pick up my phone, even though it is something where it would be 5 o'clock in the morning, California time. And I started a text message, and you go, and you hear Joe go, you know that, you know, this tail of the latte boy, he's texting you right now. And I just put the phone, like, like I was caught. I was caught in red hand. I just put the phone down, put my hand both on the top, waiting for the green light. So. Yeah, it was nice of you to text. Thank you. You're welcome. And as you pointed out, I think, like, my awareness of it actually is, like, a sign that I can deal, like, I'm, I can get through it, right? Yeah. Um, and. 
but recently I've been having this weird, and I think that they're related, and I'm not asking for your professional advice. I'm just kind of expressing this. Okay. I, I've been having like the, I've been having an inability to make decisions like, um, simple stuff like where should we eat? And I'm like, just like, I just agree with whatever's, whoever's making decisions. Last night I was listening to NBC news in bed, uh, about to fall asleep. And then I was like, I don't want to listen to that, but the kind of the thought of having to change it or to turn it off, like my heart started racing as I was like, do I change this or do I turn it off? Like that just trying to make that decision was really kind of like causing me anxiety and like physical, physically, like my heart was racing and you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I was going to say, you just described two symptoms of anxiety. So okay. I'm wondering if I'm wondering if some of this depression that you're feeling isn't actually depression, but might actually be anxiety. Some sort of anxiety, which I think I, it might be time for me to see a pro. <laughs> yeah, I, I I think that everybody at some point in their life should, and I'm not just saying that because it keeps me employed, <laughs> but I mean I think everybody benefits from talking to a therapist at one point yeah. or another. And everybody also benefits from donating to diabetes related nonprofits. Absolutely, yes, yes. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I just think that it's kind of time and I'm with you. Like, I don't think about like stigma or anything like that. Like, I really do think that I, there's nothing to lose. Yeah. I think that any more for the copay. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think that that stigma of counseling isn't necessarily as bad as it used to be even yeah. 10 years or so, because especially with things like with insurance and people's access to insurance and, and managed care and stuff, it's almost seen as like a perk now at this point that you have somebody that you can go and talk to right. about your feelings that isn't going to be judgmental isn't going to be you know that's one thing that i be that I, that i be sure okay master's degree <laughs> as i said before that i'm always sure to tell clients when they come in for the first time and i say you know this is the only time you're going to see me with the clipboard asking you questions and checking boxes and that kind of stuff. Any other time that you come in, it's going to be just sitting and talking. I said, it's going to right. be like you're visiting with a friend, only I'm your therapist, I'm not your friend, which I have to differentiate for some people because they want to do the whole thing of, you know, girl, I love you so much. And then I say things like, thank you. And then that starts the whole session the next time of the, where they feel rejected and abandoned. And I have to explain to them, this is a professional <laughs> relationship. This isn't, we're not yeah. going to go out for drinks. It's not going right. to happen. Right. So that actually segues really nicely into my news story, if you okay. don't mind. Sure. Uh, cuddling is not recognized by most people as a legitimate profession like law or medicine or even dog walking like us, Chad. Mm -hmm. uh, but Nikki Hurias is indeed an East Bay dwelling professional cuddlist, a member of the small, or shall I say, intimate field of caregivers who provide non sexual physical contact to clients in exchange for money. Hurious came upon the field when she saw a cuddlist herself to treat her depression, and now she's paying it forward. Uh, with the help of cuddlist.com, she's getting paid almost $80 an hour. Mm -hmm. And yeah, the network of cuddle pros at cuddlist.com have this promo video. And I don't know, it's weird to me. It kind of reminds me, Joe talked about this documentary called Tickle. Yeah. Or, or Tickled. And there's something kind of like terrifying about that that feels very similar for some reason. Um, there's also the Burning Man tradition of cuddle puddles, um, but those are different because they're free and they're everybody's high at the time. I was going to say, and there's probably a sanitary issue with that one yeah, as well. True. 
But um, what do you think about this? Uh, are you in the wrong profession? $80 an hour, <laughs> and all you have to do is cuddle. You don't even have to talk to the schmucks. Well, I consider myself in the wrong depression every time I get my student loan thing, even all these years later. I think I should have gone into getting business administration. You had a Freudian slip. You said you're in the wrong depression. I did. I, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Therapists don't talk to therapists <laughs> twice a week on Tuesdays and Saturday mornings. What? Um, right. I I think there is a need for that. I, yeah. I think that that it's kind of a genius. Somebody saw somebody saw a need and they thought this is a way that I can make some money on this. Eighty dollars an hour seems steep. Steep, especially because there is probably not any sort of regulation to it. You know, right. other than some sort of self-regulation, and you're going to have people that are just going to, you know, like, you know, you've got the high price call girls, and then you've got the, you know, yeah. corner, you know, there, there is, there, there should be a, there, there has to be some sort of rules and things like that if you're going to do something like that. It also for kind 80, of... For 80 bucks an hour, I feel like I could get, you know, the ending could be happier, so to speak. Like, well, I could get, if I, all I want is cuddling, I guess, but why not get a little bit more? I... I <laughs> I it, it kind of is a sad statement on society though that people have to pay eighty dollars an hour just to feel affection from somebody that they have to pay to do it. Yeah. You know that there are people out there. We w- there have been numerous studies that people that are touched in a loving way do better. They are healthier. It actually it it assists your immune system. Yeah, you know that sort of stuff. So that the fact that there are people out there that feel like that lonely and don't feel like they have anybody that can occasionally just give them a hug you know yeah. and i get the cuddling you know you're also doing it for a longer period of time it, it's uh, i don't know it it, sure. it it makes me i i appreciate that there's somebody out there that's doing it but it also kind of makes me sad that there's somebody out there doing it yeah that, that there's a need for it right yeah that, that, that there's that need for it yeah there are studies too about how like people in long-term committed relationships do better and I wonder if that is all related too, because they, I would assume, have more kind of human to human contact, like skin to skin touch and that sort of stuff. Yeah, and I mean, you know, as I made the made kind of the joke about the the friendship aspect of what I do, where people they kind of they blur that line. I don't have I, I'm not intimate and I don't cuddle with any of my clients. I occasionally right. will give my client a hug, and I'm also somebody that. You know, we'll say, can I give you a, you know, I have, I have a couple of clients because I know there's a couple of clients that really don't have anybody that touches them. And it makes, it makes me sad that they just are, feel so alone and so isolated. Yeah. But I mean, when you have where this is your job is to actually touch somebody in this intimate way where, because it's even different than like massage, massage therapy, you're, you're performing a actual, an act on somebody as far as working out kinks and, and all that kind of stuff. Whereas this is just holding somebody, I can't imagine there not being issues with the lines being blurred and assumption that maybe this cuddling will lead to something else and yeah, what happens right. to the person that way. You know, you're building a relationship with somebody that ultimately at the end of the session, they're going to leave. Right. You know, it's it's almost like it, it almost it almost sounds like emotional masturbation. Sure. I was thinking like emotional prostitution though, like it's getting a need met temporarily and not like i don't know maybe not a hundred percent fulfilling but maybe it's 95 percent fulfilling or you know what i mean it's the fulfillment i need today i don't know i i can't see myself 
I don't necessarily love cuddling with <laughs> Steve. <laughs> like, and nothing on Steve. It's just not my, like, favorite activity. Maybe I am a psychopath. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mike, that's not the reason why you're a psychopath. <laughs> I mean, I like being close and intimate and all of that, but... I don't know. There's just a, it's uh, the idea of doing it with somebody I don't know. Yeah. Doesn't appeal to me very much. Yeah. I mean, I have, I, I have had clients in the past that have informed me that they have had crushes on me and, and sure. liked me and that kind of stuff. And that's, you know, you have to, I, I, I'm fortunate that when I've had those conversations, I'm in an office where there are other people around and that right. I, are people going to an office to cuddle or is the cuddler going to their home? It doesn't say. Okay. Yeah. Cause you're setting yourself, there's safety issues there. There's, yeah. you know. Well, maybe the, that they're doing it through Cuddlist. I mean, these people probably have background checks. Maybe the, if you have to register for an account of some sort, it makes that makes for safety a little bit. Yeah, uh, I mean, for the situation being a little bit safer. Yeah, I mean, every two years when I renew my license, I have to go through. I, I think it's like twenty-eight hours of continuing education units. Excuse me, and you know, I have to go through all sorts of trainings. I can't, and, and it sounds silly that you have to go through training for cuddling, but there has to be things like sa- sanitary issues. What to do sure. if what to do if you're cuddling somebody and they get an erection? You know, what, yeah. how do you handle that? I mean, sure. it, it thought, there's so much. I have so many questions now. God, why would you bring that up? <laughs> Diffusing a situation that maybe could be, you know, if somebody sort of gets violent or creepy or whatever, like how to get out of a place. Yeah, there's a lot of things that could come up. So if you're in the Oakland area, cuddlelist.com, go get a cuddle. What's up? Did you pick a news story from your area or where did, I didn't, what did you do? It, it wasn't necessarily a news story from my area, but it's a news story that I think kind of applies to us and doesn't apply to us <laughs> all at the same time. You'll okay. understand and it's a short story, but and it actually took place in Hampton, North uh North Hampshire. Wow, again, so I I didn't get my master's degree in geography. It's actually New Hampshire. <laughs> So, and it's a bottled message sent out to sea is found five decades later. Ooh. Yeah. It says, a bottled message sent out to sea by a New Hampshire man more than five decades ago has been returned to his daughter. WMUR-TV reports the message was discovered by Clint Buffington of Utah while he was vacationing in the Turks and some word I can't pronounce in the Caribbean. Buffington said he found a Coke bottle half buried in the sand. The note inside the bottle said, return to 419 Ocean Boulevard and receive a reward (laughs) of $150 from Tina, owner of the Beachcomber. The Beachcomber was a Hampton motel owned by the now deceased parents of Paula Pierce in 1960. Pierce's father had written the note as a joke and cast it into the Atlantic Ocean. Buffington flew to New Hampshire to deliver the message to Pierce. She made good on the promised reward. Oh, isn't that nice? Because it's kind of a dick move. Like, well, return this and I'll give you 150 bucks, JK. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, that was a dick move. But the fact that she actually fulfilled it is super sweet. Yeah, absolutely. And how how cool that she still is in the place where this, you know, the, oh, she, she's still the owner. Yeah. yeah. She's the daughters of the owner. So the reason that I, I brought this up was, one, I was desperately looking for an article that was short, that was interesting, and that was one. But two, every week, we... You and I and all of the other shows that do these kind of throw bottles out into the water. Okay. You know, where I <laughs> work with me, just work with me in that uh-huh. we don't know when we send these episodes out, we don't know where they're going to end up. We know that they're on a feed and we know that, you know, 
We have people that download them and keep the episodes. Sure. You know, or people. Alexis Wall might be listening from 10 years ago who I didn't know was listening, but she puts in a big blue test. Yeah. You know I mean, like there's people from our past even that might be listening. Absolutely. Some, a friend of mine from middle school listens that found me somehow. And I, that was weird, but that's whatever. Yeah. But I, I guess my question is, what do you think as far as what happens, you know, and I know that the medium, as far as the way people receive media will change, but at yeah. some point years from now, somebody could find an old iPod or an iPhone or a computer or something and our voices could be on that computer. Weird. What if it's like hundreds of years? It's like a, a archaeologist who specializes in the 2015s. Yeah. Gets an episode of Catching Up and he's like, this uh, Taylor the Latte Boy was from another podcast. Right. He was from another <laughs> community. Yeah. Another tribe of idiots. And then he went to visit this tribe and talked about the big, you know, goddess men that dress like women and and wear orange lipstick and have black eyes. And that, yeah. Could... There would be a whole chapter in the history book about drag queens and it would reference, you know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe they don't even use books anymore. <laughs> People don't use books now. <laughs> True. <laughs> That's crazy, but um, I'm so glad that this message in a bottle returned. There's a little picture. Um, I looked it up when you were talking. Okay. And they're they're like hugging. Like the lady was super happy to find it. It's a cute little story. So real quick, what do you got going on uh, next week, Taylor the Latte Boy? Well, next week, actually tomorrow, I made unexpected plans with another podcaster. This is the week of podcasting friends, because earlier this week, I saw a, f- a friend of the show or fellow podcaster, Ricky Burton, who yeah, does the Fell Monkeys podcast. In Florida. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I forgot to take a picture with him, and I've been catching shit from Taffy on that, but I could have just Snapchatted to her, and then she wouldn't actually get, she'd get it for three seconds and it'd go away. <laughs> so I'm still angry about that. Um, and then tomorrow, uh, another podcaster named Melanie who does a show called Don't Quit Your Day Job. Yeah, she is actually- Melanie Fletcher. Melanie Fletcher. Yes, I couldn't remember her last name for a second. Thank you for saying that. <laughs> I've known her for years and I'm like, Melanie from another show. Um, she is in town because she's actually going on a Disney cruise the day before Rodan leaves on his. She's oh, leaving wow. on the dream and he's going on the fantasy. But she's she just sent me a text message saying, hey, I'm going to be in town. Do you guys want to get together for dinner? So we're doing that. And my- uh, then we're going to Disney World to see Rodan before he leaves for his cruise. Um, and then my other plan for the weekend is we have early voting here in Florida. So I'm going to stand in line and 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 pull the ballot. And do your civic duty. Do my civic duty right there awesome. in downtown St. Petersburg. <laughs> I already sent my ballot in. So that's done. Um I just wish that I could like fast forward through all this bullshit. I, I am. Okay. Like. A drug addict, I've decided yeah. for a long time, I avoided Huffington Post like the plague because it got yeah. to be where Huffington Post would just get me upset. It would just get me angry yeah. the more I would read it. And then as as the tides have turned and it's all nothing but stories where it trashes Trump, yeah. I find myself like every 20 <laughs> minutes going and sitting with this big, stupid girl. I'm like, I'm just as bad as the people that only get their news from Fox News, Fox News right. at this point. Yeah. Like, I'm just as bad. A hundred percent. It's yeah. true. And it, it the, comparing it to a drug makes a lot of sense. I like I am a casual drug user then because mm-hmm. I I mean, I listen to Rachel Maddow every night and mm-hmm. I listen to like the actual news. But I kind of occasionally take breaks on purpose because I'm like, I know my blood pressure is high. I know that it's not relaxing. 
and I'm just kind of chasing a high, right? So yeah. I, I intentionally turn it off. This week, uh, yesterday, I was kind of having one of those kind of anxiety freakouts that we were talking about earlier. And I was like, you know what? I can't, I can't, I can't. I'm going to listen to This American Life this week. Oh, God. Have you listened to it this week? I stopped <laughs> I stopped listening to American Life a while ago. Oh, my God. I just want a story about like a, a woman who raises rabbits in Idaho or something. But it was... Uh, it was all politi- political this week. Yeah, that, it was you're, like wh- you're not going to be able to get away from that with any oh, sort of news outlet God, for the next awful. couple of weeks. And unfortunately, I think that if that's it's not even going to be over the weeks. Wednesday yeah, after election day because right. I think that well, my fear is that, and I know that all the polls say one thing, but I sure. feel like there is a percentage of people out there that don't want to say who yeah. they're voting for. And I almost feel like a lot of this where they're talking about how much the polls are swinging in her direction is almost like egging on all of his supporters to go, well, we all sure. have to vote now. So so that that's the anxiety that I feel. There have been nights where I've stayed up where, where Babalu is rolled over and is like, it's 2.30 in the morning. And I'm on Huffington Post reading articles and going from Huffington Post to CNN to like, 538 like I like I think the 538 website is going to change like within 10 minutes like I I I get myself worked up but it's too much and I'm ready for it to be over and I actually agree with you that it won't be over on election day like this is going to be around for a while and I also agree with you oh I mean it there's even you know proof of it that people are less likely to say they'll vote Trump on a telephone call when they're talking to a human but more likely when it's automated robocall polling yeah so there are people out there i think it'll be closer than the polls say but i don't think that it's i don't necessarily think that that's it's going to tip in his favor yeah i i hope and i th- the, the thing that sucks about it and i know i we don't talk about politics on my show because i sure. would i would just i would just put the thing on mute and just let taffy go for 50 <laughs> minutes but i think that by him saying what he said with with the i i we'll, we'll see we i'll keep you all in suspense what he's doing what he's pretty much saying is i know she's going to win and i'm going to i if i can't win I'm going to make her life as miserable as possible for the beginning right. of her presidency where I'm going to put that cast that shadow of a doubt. Yeah. You know, with with the whole thing, like with the birther thing with Obama, where that, that seemed to like, that was a shadow on the beginning of his administration for so long. This, this is his way of doing that for yeah. her. That being said, that, that access Hollywood video manna from heaven when that came, that was just, <laughs> I was so excited that weekend. I, I think that there's more video. I wish that some of it would come out. Like I would, I don't know. I don't, it's like a drug because I don't support him. I don't think more video is going to make me support him less. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? But I yeah. still want to just kind of like, I don't know, wallow in how awful he is. Yeah. It's disgusting. I hate all of it. Um, so this week, I'm not doing politics. This weekend, I'm going to see uh, Hedwig and the Angry Inch, which I saw a few weeks ago. It's touring here in San Francisco. I was going to say, didn't you just see that? Yeah, I got so I went. Uh, I got a ticket through the lottery um, at the theater and went alone. But I had already had plans to and tickets to see it this coming weekend with a couple of girlfriends. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to go see it again. Darren Chris is playing Hedwig. It's pretty good. Um, well, just it, re- yeah, pretty, really pretty and gr- grungy, but still kind of beautiful at the same time. I don't know. I like it. I have never seen the movie. I've never oh, seen the movie, should. and I've I've never seen I've never seen the show or anything. But it's it's on my list of things that at one point I would like to see. But 
Yeah, I think you have to be in the right mood, maybe. It's mm-hmm. not the funniest thing. It's not yeah. great music. There's something good about it, though. Um, I'm a fan, obviously. Mm-hmm. And that's all I got going on this weekend, I think. Okay. So, um, hey, it was nice catching up with catching up with you. Will you tell the people listening where they can find your show and anything else you want to um, brag about? Well, you can follow us uh, on Pod as my copilot at podismycopilot.com. We're available on iTunes and Pocket Cast and Stitcher Radio and all those all the places you find any podcasts. And you can find me on Instagram. I'm P I M C Taylor, and I'm also P I M C Taylor on Twitter as well. Easy. Easy, and easy peasy. Their show's, their show's super funny, and he he might not tell you this, but I know it happens a lot. People find his show, because they're super popular, so they're like at the top of iTunes when you go in and search, but people find his show, and all the time I see on like Twitter or Facebook, people saying like, oh, I just found you, and now I'm listening to all your episodes, or I'm going way back, or... I, yeah, I've only ever done that with one show and that was years ago when they only had like 150. I can't imagine going back and listen to me for all of them, right? 400 plus episodes. That's plus video podcasts. We have to, we have a ton of video podcasts too. It is it is neat though to hear when you know something is going to happen eventually. Hear the progression of that. I, the, the, I, the one show that I listened went back and listened all the way through was a show that I think you and I both used to like called The Daily Purge, and yeah. I remember rob talking about well i've got this friend named sarah and we're gonna start to do a show called how much do we love and i'm like i know that show oh my god i I was like you know how much do we love how much do we love oh god the (laughs) fact that they came back and did an episode like a month ago yeah i i I, I squeed when i saw they came through my feed i'm like well that can't be right and then i'm like oh my god it's a new show so totally yeah cool well thank you for doing this um hopefully next week we'll be back with joe um, not because Taylor wasn't wonderful. <laughs> that nice save, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but I know you guys miss him, so well it was nice catching up with you, Taylor. Go to hell, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> I wondered if you would do that. <laughs> Absolutely I'm gonna do that. <laughs> thank you for listening to another episode of Catching Up. Find a new episode each week at cupodcast.com, in iTunes, or in the Stitcher Smart Radio app. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash cupodcast. Follow us on Twitter at cupodcast. Email us at guys at cupodcast.com. Or call our listener line at 510-239-7798. I mean... Use action to defeat worry and fear. Do something to change what can be changed, and you'll no longer be afraid.